0: episode 410 loki season 2 episode 2 breaking brad welcome to level 7 a podcast about marvel's agents of shield and the marvel cinematic universe It's a magical place. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and this is a podcast about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We started with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but we are now way past that into the depths of the Marvel Cinematic Universe as they just keep putting stuff out. And in this case, I'm glad they are because I have been enjoying Loki once again. I feel like—I mean, I'm kind of skipping ahead into the content of the show, but I feel like we're getting into a show that I'm really enjoying, and I'm liking that. So, uh, but I'm not here oh, alone. Oh
1: no, Ben said that he liked a show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I am not here alone. That voice you just heard was Samantha. Samantha, how you doing?
1: I am well. How are you?
0: <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm doing great. You know why? Cuz there's a show that I like on TV <laughs> that I'm enjoying. <laughs> Was
1: it Is it Loki?
0: <laughs> it it is as a matter of fact. As a matter of fact. There are 3 shows, 4 shows that I watch weekly now and look forward to very much. One of them is Loki. Um, one of them, I don't look forward to necessarily very much, but I am looking forward to because it is Star Trek. So we got lower decks that's happening, but then there's also two shows that I'm watching for another podcast that I mentioned before up from the ashes is a podcast. You can find it wherever you find your podcast and where I'm watching the star lost, which is one of the worst sci-fi TV shows of all time. According to some people, I'm not necessarily one of them, but I do understand why they say that. But I'm watching those episodes every single week, 50 years later. And then also Star Trek, the animated series. I'm doing the same thing, watching every episode 50 years later to the day and recording and posting podcasts about it. Although the Star Lost did not have an episode this week. There was a special with, um, oh, what's his name? I can't remember his name right now, but, um. It was a, a pop music special. It was about the London Bridge. They moved from London to the States, and the Carpenters did two numbers on it, and it was beautiful.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know how I feel about the Carpenters, right?
1: No, I don't recall.
0: Have I not talked about the Carpenters on the podcast before?
1: I really love their Christmas album.
0: Uh, every Every Christmas time after Thanksgiving, of course. Yes, <laughs> but uh, I listen to that album a few times a week. Um, I think Karen Carpenter has the single most beautiful female singing voice I have ever heard, which means the single most beautiful singing voice that I've ever heard. It's just her voice is just amazing, and I love their music. Her brother, she does have a brought the arrangement. Voice. Her brother brings the the harmonies and stuff, um, and the mixes and everything. But her voice, man. Yeah.
1: Yeah, she has gorgeous, gorgeous
0: voice. So, yeah, now you know how I feel about Karen Carpenter and, <laughs> and the Carpenters, and so having them be on that special, which I went and tracked down on YouTube just to see, like, what is a? It's a special about the London Bridge. It's called the very <laughs> special London Bridge special, or something like that. It was just, or they Lo- the London Bridge special special, and yeah, it was. Other than that, not great. Although Jonathan Winters was also on it, and he had some good stuff.
1: Oh, Jonathan Winters. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This is not the Up from the Ashes podcast, where I talk about that stuff. This is Welcome to Level 7, where we talk about Marvel Cinematic Universe. We're here to talk about Loki. But there is one more thing I do need to talk about before we get to that, Samantha.
1: Uh Uh-oh. What is it?
0: If I may. I need to make a statement about something. Uh, We tried a grand experiment for the last year, and I have decided no longer to do this grand experiment. Uh, You may have noticed that sometimes when you listen to our podcast from our website, from Apple Podcasts, from Spotify, maybe from other places as well, sometimes there have been ads. And that is because I was signed up with basically what you would call an advertising co-op of small podcasts. And I understand some of those small podcasts had were, were very, very successful. Welcome to Level 7 and my other podcasts that I signed up for it. Uh, I wouldn't say we're very, very successful. It's been over a year and you don't get a payout until you get $50. Um, we're not even halfway there. <laughs> and so Ew. I just figured, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're not going to do this. This is not a real viable uh, method of of bringing in extra funds, and the other thing is, I think that the annoyance of ads is probably probably outweighs the the benefit of after three years getting fifty dollars. So we're not going to yeah. do that. Um, I I after talking with my crew on Welcome to Level Seven and my crew on the Comic Book Time Machine, and talking to myself about Up from the Ashes, um I've decided. That I'm just I just uh, signed off of the the program and we're not going to be a part of that anymore. Uh, honestly, I had one person sign up for the buy me a coffee on uh, for my Up from the Ashes podcast, and they signed up for a year, and it it's already more than what we would have gotten from from this advertising co op. I'm not going to talk more about the advertising co op other than to say it was an experiment. I thought it was going to be good. It wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. And the negative outweighed the positive. I did have a couple people say, you know, say something about it. One person specifically say, I don't like ads. (laughs) And so I said, okay, we're going to, we're going to nip this. We're going to quit it. We're going to, we're going to stop it. But with all that said, If you want to support the podcast, there is a way you can do it. You just can't passively listen to ads to do it. You do need to go to uh, patreon.com slash welcome to level seven. The seven is spelled out and you can support the podcast there for a dollar a month if you would like to. And there are bonus podcast episodes that get put out there. Sometimes they get put out early. You get to get early access. You also a lot of times will get the raw uncut. Uh, episodes, which means conversations before conversations at the end and any rabbit trails that Samantha cuts out from the middle when she's editing the podcast. So that is, well, that is patreon.com slash welcome to level seven. And you can support us at any level you want to, but every level is the exact same as far as the rewards go. And, you know, it's just podcasting way I explained it to people. Podcasting is cheap. Podcasting can be easy, but podcasting is not free. And we have hosting that we have to do to host the website and the episodes. We have, um, And the artwork and everything like that that goes on behind the scenes there. We have technical needs. So our Patreon patrons were able to help us to pay for the website hosting, but also pay for a new microphone for Samantha. When hers was dying, I'll be buying a new microphone for myself because this one that I have right here, for some reason, it doesn't matter for Riverside, we're recording right now. But for some reason, when I record directly to my computer on GarageBand, it only records the left side. Of a stereo Ah. signal. I didn't even know the microphone was picking up a stereo signal. It may not be for, for all I know. It may just be that GarageBand is only recording that side. I don't know. But when I use my mic that is built into the laptop, it does not do that. So there's something wrong with this mic that I need to, it's working fine mostly, but I am going to need to get a new one. And that's how we do that and pay for, you know, tech needs and stuff like that is from fine supporters from viewers like you, as they used to say, or maybe they still do on PBS. I don't know. I haven't watched the PBS in a long time because <laughs> my children have grown up and they no longer watch The Cat in the Hat and knows a lot about that, which was a great show. And so it was Clifford the Big Red Dog. Sesame so just, just
1: Street's still on there. That's still a great show.
0: I don't know if it's still a great show, but it always was a great show.
1: The so. last time I watched it, it was still pretty fun.
0: So Which public it was, s- it's
1: been a few years, but anyways, <laughs>
0: <laughs> public service announcement done out of the way. That's why you will never hear ads anymore, unless it is something specific to us where we're saying like, we might play a podcast promo for something that we're involved in or something like that to let people know about, or it might play a promo for my book or something like that. But you know, that, that kind of thing, that's because it's us, you know, we're talking about this, you know stuff that might be relevant to your interests but not random ads from ran, random ad generators. So with all that said, Samantha, you ready to talk about this this episode of Loki or did you have anything you want to add to that honestly?
1: Oh, can I just go ahead and thank the Patreon patrons up front?
0: Yeah, sure. We're talking about it anyway. Yeah. Right. Might as well.
1: Yeah, so let's thank Dave. Thank Julie. Thank Blessed Cheesemaker, whose screen name still makes me giggle a little inside. <laughs> thank Jeffrey and thank Andrew. Thank you for the new mic. Thank you for the new headphones. Thank you for the new mic that Ben's going to get. You guys are awesome. Thank you for keeping us on the website. I mean, yeah, we really cannot do this this podcast without you guys. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's true. And and another Tiny truth is we do it because of you guys, you know, like these are conversations that uh, we never would have had together, honestly, which is kind of fun that we came together because of the podcast. But the reason we do it is because there's people out there uh, sending us every once in a while, sending us messages saying, hey, we we thought about this. Yeah. So.
1: And we did get a little bit of feedback for this episode, too.
0: That's true. That's true. I was just typing in Patreon so I could uh, check the messages there. Wanted to, uh, we might as well get jump to that right now, too, because that was about last episode. Yeah, let's see here. Oh, no, actually, it's about the lost episode. (laughs) It's
1: about the lost episode.
0: Oh, no, it's not.
1: No, I, I, the what I'm looking at is about Ouroboros.
0: Yeah, Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, Dave did post some things on the, the lost episode. So, episode 408 has not gone out to the feed yet. Because of a technical snafu disaster, episode four hundred eight is the Agents of Shield tenth anniversary uh, celebration that Daniel and I recorded, and it did go live on Patreon uncut. But unfortunately, the drive that it was sitting on died before I had a chance. I, I edited it. It's not even before I had a chance to edit it. it. It it died before I had a chance to do anything with it to post it and, and put it up and. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. very disappointing and so I'm I'm going back and forth just about how I'm going to put it out there. I'm definitely going to put it out there because the the truth of the matter is it was a good episode.
1: Oh, good. <laughs> so, I'm looking forward to it cuz I was not there.
0: Yeah, it was yeah. it was a good episode. Uh, I can't find the message I sent you guys. I have it. Is it on the on our our conversation feed?
1: Yeah, it's it's way back there, but I have it up, pulled up, have it up right okay. here. Okay, well, why don't you
0: go ahead and read it then? Okay. Because he sent a couple messages.
1: So Agent Dave wrote in about Ouroboros, episode 409, for us, and he says, As for the mysterious who pruned Loki question, wouldn't it be funny if it was dot, dot, dot? And the next comment he wrote, dot, 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 <laughs> dot, 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 dot. Coulson.
0: And I say, yes, yes, it would be funny. It would not just be funny; it would be absolutely hilarious. And
1: I'd love it. I would love it so much. <laughs> I mean, he's stabbing
0: from behind. Yes, like it's, it's it's perfect.
1: It's perfect.
0: If it's not Coulson, I mean, I'm not going to be disappointed, but.
1: Yeah. And Clark Gregg is no longer working on How I Met Your Father, so he's available. I don't know when he, he was He was on How I Met Your Father? Him. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Surprise, surprise, he's the father. Or not not no, not the father. It's the main character's father.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we don't He's know not the, the father fuck...
0: they met, he's a different father that they yeah. already knew. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh the uh the female version of Ted, um Who's uh, played? Is uh, it Lizzie McGuire? Who plays the character? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. But anyways, yeah, he has a small role on that show where he he plays one of the character's dads, and yeah, it was it was nice. And then they went ahead and canceled the show because we don't. So we don't know who the father, who the per, like titular father is. So, <sighs> anyways. <laughs>
0: huh. Yeah. Well, I I think it'd be brilliant if, the, if they did that. It if would they, be brilliant. Yeah. I think it'd be fantastic. Yeah. I don't think they're going to do that. I mean, but if they did, yeah, it'd be, it'd be wonderful. It would be wonderful. So let's talk about this episode of Loki then, okay. where I'll be honest. And we're going to talk about, I think, go through the plot. And, and kind of take it in chunks, because it is broken up into oh, some oh, pretty oh, easy oh, okay. chunks to talk about. But, yes?
1: Okay. So, today is October 17th, the day that we are recording, 2023. Do you know what day it is in the, in the MCU timeline?
0: Uh, no, I just know that yesterday I, I turned 49 in the- Oh, happy birthday. In the sacred timeline. But, <laughs> <laughs> um- I do know actually what happened on October 17th. I don't know where they got that date from, but I do know what happened. Yeah.
1: It is five years since the, um, has it been five years since this- the time jump in Endgame? And supposedly today is the day that Tony Stark died. He sacrificed himself for the greater good.
0: So the thing I'm curious about is if that is information that was actually in movies, in in that I just missed, or if that's information that's in the new book that's coming out next month.
1: We shall see. Um, next month or next week? I thought it. said Oh, next you're week.
0: right. It is. It's October. Yes, there is another Marvel book coming out next month. That I'm not sure if I'm going to get, but it's like about kind of the history of the MCU. It's, I think it's an unofficial kind of a thing. That's in November, but yeah, you're right. It is next week. It is next week. By the way, speaking of books, the Ant-Man book, look out for the little guy. Yeah. Written by Scott Lang. I could not get into that thing. Really? Yeah. Uh, oh, it uh. was, it was just rough. I, I just couldn't get into it. I tried reading it and I, I put it down. I picked it up a little bit later, tried to read through and I, it just, it's one of those things where my eyes just kind of glazed over the page after a little bit. I'm just like, my, I'm not into this. I, I know I have a podcast. I was planning on doing an episode. I wasted money on buying this book, but I cannot get into this. I'll give it one more try, but instead, I'm reading *The line, Which is in the Wardrobe*, which is another <laughs> calendar, calendar based thing. It was first published in 1950, October 16th. Ah. So, yeah, so that's what I'm reading right now. And I'll try and get back to look out for the little guy. But for right now, my review is,
1: uh, (laughs) Uh, did they have AI write that book?
0: (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Hey, AI is a big conversation that we're going to have here with, uh, Loki though. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So. And in the after credit, just wait for it. That's true. Yeah, that's
0: true. All right. So breaking Brad, starts out the way I would like this whole entire series to be. It's Mobius. It's Loki. It's going undercover in time and doing an adventure. And so they are going, they go back in time to 1977 on the sacred timeline because they're looking for Brad, also known as Hunter X five. He is now a famous actor who stars in the film Zaniac. Which is a creature from Marvel that I'm not familiar with, but I looked it up to see, like, is this a thing? Is Zaniac a thing? It is a creature, but it's not from any comics that I've read. They find him at the movie premiere for Zaniac, and a chase ensues. Brad doesn't stand a chance, though, because Loki has powers here because they're in regular world. He has his trickster powers and he uses them. He makes doubles. He uses shadows to grab shadows. And when he grabs Brad's shadow, Brad gets caught. He teleports and moves around and then they take Brad in.
1: And he has serious swagger in that suit, ruffles and all.
0: Oh man. That's what I love about this. Like this yeah. if this whole show was just Loki and Mobius going to different time periods and doing adventures like this, I would be a happy man. Just getting this one scene was was fun and I was a happy man. But we get another little time travel adventure where they go to the 80s on the other timeline and, and go to McDonald's and even that was just like this is my happy place. This is mm-hmm. time travel. Um, and I don't care what kind of time travel you're doing. I just love time travel and good time travel, <laughs> I should say. <laughs> but, you know, good time travel, honestly, usually just means fun time travel set your rules they don't have to make sense you know they can be back to the future rules that kind of make sense until you really think about it but in the moment you don't care because you're emotionally invested in the characters that's what i want in time travel and that's what i'm getting here is just this kind of goofy we're gonna dress nice for this movie premiere but it's basically spies in time superhero spies in time yeah and Oh, did you see
1: B-15 in her dress? She got out of the hunter uniform, and she was in a really nice dress, and she looked very pretty.
0: I mean, I saw her, and I I didn't notice the dress. (laughs) I didn't notice the dress as much as the tuxes, honestly. The tuxes were just, uh, what what do the kids say, chef's kiss or whatever?
1: Yeah. (laughs) She looked way better in that dress than they looked in the tuxes, let me put it that way. And I was like, oh, she gets to be in something else.
0: Maybe she did look better, but for but, me, it was just the the Goofy Cool factor. And and Goofy Cool is a thing, yeah, everyone. Yeah. Goofy Cool is a thing, and I love Goofy Cool. I won't say I embody Goofy Cool, but I appreciate Goofy Cool. I'm just goofy, really, is what it comes down to. But I appreciate Goofy Cool.
1: Maybe a more recent uh, version of Goofy Cool is like Dorktastic. Or
0: <laughs> maybe is that,
1: yeah, that the, sort of like the, the dorky, nerdy cuteness that you saw we had with Zoe Deschanel on The New Girl. That's oh. what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. But, anyways, yeah, there is sort of like a dorky coolness with, you know, just being in the 70s and wearing those tuxes <laughs> or the so, tuxes or suits. But, anyways,
0: well, I mean, the ruffles, bow tie, yeah. yeah it's, it's enough of a tux to be a tux for me. So, okay. uh, but the other thing I like about this is there is some menace as well as Loki. He's using his powers. Yeah. To capture Brad. And there's uh, some, some moments that aren't menacing, but are kind of just fun or funny. Uh, but then, especially when you get the shadows and the horns grow on the shadows, uh to be like his his helmet, and they're pulling Brad and they're holding Brad. Uh, this was a nice character touch too, and that's a big a big part of what I appreciated about the scene as well is just the way that they remembered Loki and what yeah. he is and who he is, and they remember it later as well when Brad gets taken in. but I like this this it's a great scene, great setup, fun stuff.
1: Yeah. Zaniac
0: is a great word.
1: Yeah. Loki is, he may call himself the God of mischief, but he's, there are times where he's the God of menace.
0: Well, I mean, he's, he's not, he's a villain. Like that's the other thing. I appreciate that they bring it up in this. He's not necessarily trying to do villainous things right now, but you can't forget. He tried to literally take over the world. And he's caused the death of, of millions of people.
1: Oh, not just Earth. Also Asgard.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, that redemption arc might be what they're going for here. Yeah. But that is a part of his history. And they're not forgetting it. And and I appreciate that. I like yeah. that they're doing that. Uh. So, Brad gets taken in. And...
1: <laughs> and... Uh there's a comment that Loki makes to him about the uh, the TVA collar to keep him from escaping. And he says, it's a little tighter than you'd expect, isn't it? <laughs> and you would know. Yeah. And I, this past week, I did rewatch a couple episodes. And it's X5 who puts that collar on Loki in episode one.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. Good callback. All yeah. right. Yeah. So in the TVA, we got a couple things going on. One is Ouroboros is working on the loom. Uh, he can't take time off from his work to examine Brad's temp pad that they bring to him. So they can maybe see where it's been, figure out what's going on. Why has it been adjusted? It's been, it's, it's been tampered with. It's been changed. Something's been done to it. Ouroboros basically says, hey, is it more important than saving the loom? No. Okay. Then maybe we should wait on this. Here, here's the manual. I wrote it. You can look at the manual and that'll help you. And they do try valiant effort failed effort, but they do try. They also realize that Renslayer's Tempad has somehow been made so that it can't be traced. So they can't trace her. Uh, Part of it is because they don't have miss minutes to help them because, and so they have to go through all the data themselves by hand, but they can't find Renslayer either. And In the midst of that, Loki remembers the conversation that he overheard that was recorded uh, where Renslayer basically makes it sound like she's working with He Who Remains. So we're kind of going back and and reminding us of the stakes of what's going on here. I think that's probably the one weakness of this episode is that the stakes are there but it feels like we're creating these kind of mini stakes Just so we can do these episodes instead of just jumping into things like we would a movie. The difference with this than with, say, Secret Invasion is I don't feel the time the way I do in Secret Invasion. The style, the characters, and what they're doing keeps me involved. But with Secret Invasion, it didn't.
1: Oh, Secret so. Invasion. There were a lot – I spent a lot of time looking at my phone as opposed to the episodes. <laughs> I mean, I struggled to watch the episodes because I was like, okay, I got to watch this for the sh- for the podcast, but I didn't want to.
0: I would have still watched it for sure,
1: but
0: I, I, I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much yeah. as I'm enjoying this. Oh, I, awesome I am
1: sure. – I am glued to the television. I'm looking at my phone very little. Well, if I'm looking at my phone, it's to look up the trivia for the episode, if I Mm, can find it.
0: So Brad, (laughs) they put him in a a cell and they play a variation of good cop, bad cop, because Brad has information that they need. First of all, what happened to his tempad? What's going on with that? And second of all, what's going on with Sylvie? He was sent out to find Sylvie. He was sent out to get her. Why was he an an actor in a movie who was going to his movie premiere? Uh, What's going on? And they got to find that out. So they play this variation on good cop, bad cop. Brad is hip to them. He mocks them. He takes things a little bit too far when he mentions how everyone close to Loki dies, including his mother, but he's Loki's a villain. Uh, And then we get some more menace from Loki where Loki's like, yeah, I, I am a villain and you're, you should be afraid of me. The tension is broken. When Brad yells out, he needs therapy. And
1: <laughs> I think he was psychoanalyzed in the seventies.
0: <laughs> I think he may have studied psychoanalysis in the seventies. I mean, yeah. the, my note here is that Brad is doing to Loki, what Loki would do to other people. And just find the thing that gets under their skin pick at that and cause them to either reveal something or get emotionally distraught or, you know, walk into a trap, whatever it might be. But Brad is doing that to Loki and Mobius and Mobius, uh, (laughs) because it's Mobius. Who's the one who loses it and, and punches Brad as, as Brad is talking to him about none of this is real. None of this is real, Mobius. You know, none of this is real. You were you were kidnapped off of your timeline, and um, all of the you know the stuff that Mobius doesn't want to hear. Well, Brad is spewing it at him, and so Mobius is the one who loses it. Mobius is the one who punches Brad and becomes the bad cop.
1: Yeah. Though later, when Loki and Mobius talk about it, M- Mobius says that he's happy working for the TVA. He doesn't want to know what his life was like in the timeline. And I thought in a way that's actually really a healthy way to deal with it cuz in the situation where he is, I mean, he is happy, but if he goes and looks for himself in the timeline, he may not enjoy his the life that he has in front of him as opposed to what could be terrible or what could be great. I mean, I don't this is just pure psychology though.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean yeah. it's it's actually it's not subtext you're talking about here. It's text. Like this is stuff yeah. that they actually said out loud where um after the punch, <laughs> they uh they go and get some key lime pie. From an automat.
1: When was the last time yeah. we saw an automat?
0: Uh Agent Carter. Yeah. 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 So they they get the they get the pie. Mobius is shaken. Like he's, he's upset because of this conversation. He's upset from the punch. Uh, and, but they have a bonding conversation. It's a great back and forth, some good actors with great material being directed well. And Loki has, you know, Mobius's excuse was, is it, it was a tactical decision, but then he says, it wasn't tactical. I lost it. And and Loki says, you know, one time. One time I was angry at my father and I, I tried to take over New York with an alien (laughs) army and, and then I used the mind stone on Tony Stark, Tony Stark, and it didn't work. And I, I threw him off a building. I lost it. You know, it's it's funny, but at the same time we're using as a punchline, some of the stuff that Brad was actually using (laughs) against Loki to say, Hey, you hurt people. You hurt people. But, um, it, it is, it is funny. And, That's where Mobius gets into, I I don't want to see the life I had before. I'm thankful to the guy that kidnapped me and brought me here. And Loki says, yeah, because, you know, don't you want to know, you know, I guess you want to avoid it if you did, if you were something horrible, if you did something bad. And and Mobius is like, no, not if it was bad. I don't want it to find out that it was something good, that I had a good life. I don't want that rattling around in my head that I'm missing out on a good life. And yeah, it's it's a really nice moment.
1: It I is, really yeah. It. And there's pie. Um, but I I think it's pop I, I'm thinking that we may see what Mobius' life was like on the timeline by the end of the season.
0: Oh, I I, I guarantee. Yeah. Yeah, because
1: they set it up here.
0: Well, they set it up even with the the magazine he has in his desk with the, the jet ski and, yeah. uh, and, and last episode, wasn't it X five who had the magazine and it's like, Hey, what do you think about this? Huh? <laughs> is this on the sacred timeline?
1: Yeah. Reminding us about Mobius's fascination with, with jet skis.
0: And yeah, I, we're going to see it and Mobius is going to have to confront it. And I hope that it is done well because they're, they're the setup so far has been done well. Let's see the payoff, and I want that to be done well too. yes, so they're gonna give good cop, bad cop another try, <laughs> and as they're talking about it, Mobius does say, you know you're the god of mischief, and let's do, let's play to your strengths basically uh, it's it's good leadership. It's good leadership he's giving here. Loki goes in with a device, he plays bad cop he they have a device he and Mobius both come in, actually, and then Loki says, I don't have the controller. Go get the controller, Mobius, and Mobius leaves. Loki closes the door, locks it. Mobius can't get in. Loki realizes, or uh, Brad realizes he's safe because Loki doesn't have the controller. Loki doesn't have the powers, but Loki does have the controller. (laughs) He does, and he he attaches it to this machine that's gas-powered. (laughs) <laughs> Whatever it is, it sounds like a, a leaf blower or something, uh, but it, he turns on the device, the gizmo, as they call it, and he starts menacing Brad and, and says, tell me to, to answer to two questions. Where is Sylvie and what's going on? You know, and Brad won't talk. Brad won't talk. He sticks to his story. that He was sent to get Sylvie and he bailed. He was sent to get Sylvie and he bailed. Loki uses a machine, puts him in an energy box, starts shrinking the energy box, and Brad relents. He found Sylvie. Then he bailed and found his best life as the actor who plays Zaniac. And now they need to find where Sylvie is. And he's going to not just tell them, but take them there, which he doesn't want to do, but he's going to do. So what do you think about this whole scene? This whole bad cop scene?
1: I thought it was well done. And I love that at the end uh Mobius just casually opens the door. It was never locked.
0: <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's where uh how how do they put it? Um something about you're the god of mischief. You know, good job. And then Loki says, "All according court your plan. You know, it's <laughs> like, it's, this is what I'm saying. Like this episode, it, it just, it's, it's perfect in some ways for me, you've got the time travel escapades where they do the adventure. You have this emotional time travel stuff at McDonald's next, you know, next scene kind of thing. And you have this where they're playing off each other. And, you know, Brad was never in any danger. He was never in any danger, man. He was, he was fine. It was all a trick. They tricked Brad at his own game, but it wasn't really Brad's own game. It was actually Loki's own game that Brad was trying to play and they won. They won. I, you know how usually we rate an episode of Jessica Jones. Yeah. And it was just always four out of four, four four out of five, rather four out of five. Yeah. This is close to a five out of five.
1: Yeah. This episode for yeah, me. Yeah. It's a really just the writing, acting cinematography is still on point. It's got that surrealism, eccentric cinema sort of look to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we still have that Wes Anderson <laughs> style where we've yeah. got the the muted colors and the retrofuturism, which I love. Uh and, and the, I looked it, it
1: up, ubiquitous symmetry. That's the name, that's the term for the shooting, okay. the framing style.
0: And it's there. It's it there. is ubiquitous. Yeah. And it is symmetrical. And, you know, but the the browns and stuff, it, it goes along with, honestly, the aesthetic of the McDonald's. Yeah. Like, that's what's so interesting to me from realizing it this episode, where they're at the McDonald's. We, we had a post-credit. Last episode, Sylvie went to McDonald's. Decided she wanted to try everything. I don't know how she paid for it, but maybe she paid for it because when they realized they had she had no money, they they said, "Well, you're going to have to work it off or something." But now she's working there, and it's the muted colors. It's not as round as the retro future stuff is in the um, in the TVA. It's very angular. McDonald's back then it was a very angular oh, yes. place uh rounded edges on the tables but i don't remember if you remember those chairs with the the like those backs on the chairs were kind of that um angled square kind of a thing and um
1: yes uh, i do remember yeah. so uh,
0: anyway there is it's very angular you've got the uh i don't know what you call the rooftop that the mcdonalds would have but it's it, yeah it's an angular place with some round arches okay all right yeah <laughs> but but it's also brown It's yellow, but it's a mustard yellow. Um, And then you have the outfits, even the uniforms that they had that it just very much fits the aesthetic of what they created for the TVA. And I'm wondering if this is a chicken egg thing where they said, hey, we should try and see if we can do something with McDonald's because our aesthetic reminds me of McDonald's or if it was the kind of thing where it was just serendipitous. And they got the deal to do something with McDonald's. Hey, that's very, very 80s, right? And very mundane and very perfect for someone like Sylvie to decide, I'm going to settle into this life because it is a life with some nice people and and food that's not rodents that I had to kill. Yeah. And it's, it's a good life. And so was it serendipitous that it just happens to match the aesthetic? I don't know. I may never know. It might be in a book someday, uh, but I haven't been getting... <laughs> or next week. <laughs> or next week, yeah. I, I haven't been getting those art of and and making of MCU books. Like They've done a number of them. And I realize if I'm not going to get the S.H.I.E.L.D. ones when, when they did Season 1 and Season 2 of S.H.I.E.L.D., I, I'm not going to get the other ones. I do have The Dark Crystal and The Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Ultimate Visual History, Star Trek, the motion picture inside the art and visual effects. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I never got any of the Marvel ones. And so some of that behind the scenes stuff that would be in those books, I, I don't know. And okay. so I'm, pro- I'm not going to get the low key one to know, like, if they do an interview, what came first. But either way, it doesn't matter. It's a great, great match for, for what they're doing already with the TVA. Eh? Yeah.
1: You know, I'm actually kind of happy that she found this job at McDonald's. I mean, in our society, it, it's sort of like one of the lowest of the low jobs that you can get. It's, it's like a teenager job, typically. But when I go to restaurants, I don't see teenagers behind the counter anymore. They're all adults. Um, and I'm happy that she's she's there because she has structure. She has food. She has a life. She has, you know, she's earning an income she it's not chaotic except at rush hour, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. um but she, she it's it's a quiet life, and she's enjoying herself.
0: I think that's a key word you said quiet, it's a quiet yeah. life. I think that's definitely a key word. I'm curious what how the rest of her life is. Does she have an apartment does she have a roommate uh, does she just live in the truck because she i mean she definitely has the truck. She has the job, but we never see anything outside of that mcdonald's yeah and and so i it, it does make you curious like what is she doing to s- survive and thrive here but it's enough, it's enough, and the vibe i'm I'm loving the vibe, man. we were in the seventies, I love the vibe, we're in the eighties, and it's just McDonald's. I love the vibe
1: there's one aspect one aspect in the vibe that I do not like. Her mullet, I think it's awful <laughs> oh it, it's definitely of the time, but still, uh, oh, no, it
0: fits the character it does it fits the character I mean it, it I don't think that is
1: it does yeah, but I don't uh,
0: I think she's styling her hair to fit the era. I don't think she's gotten a haircut though i I think it's just her hair grew out from what it was when she was you know living life you know in in the destroyed world or whatever and
1: I don't know what the actress has been doing with her hair. It looks like either it's just a full wig or she's had some extensions put in because she has a shorter haircut. But it just, uh, I do not like it. It's it's, it's (laughs) no, I am not a mullet person.
0: (laughs) I I will say this, unlike the dress, which I didn't notice. I mean, I I noticed she was in a dress, but I really didn't pay much attention to it. I have noticed her hair and- I think it fits though. It's a it it's does. a it
1: fits the moment. Yeah,
0: it's a character piece. You know that that, that fits the character. So Sh- you like that she has a job. She also likes that she has a job. She likes her life. She does not want to leave. She's good at her job. She's anticipating that they're going to need straws, and she's taking <laughs> care of that before she has to be asked by the high school manager that uh, that can't even drive home for himself you know She he has to get a ride from mom or whatever and she, he, she goes on a break to talk with Loki but she's not going to help she doesn't like the TVA she doesn't like what they're doing she doesn't want it to have anything to do with it she's taking care of the problems that she needs to take care of she killed he who remains she's done
1: however when she killed the uh, He Who Remains, she created a problem for the TVA. It was confirmed in this episode that He Who Remains designed the temporal loom, and only he can mm-hmm. fix it at this
0: point. They need Miss Minutes, so so the blast door won't open, so they can't even get out there to do what they to do Orber- Ouroboros needs to do to fix the loom. And they need Miss Minutes to be able to open the door. And so basically they're like, well, we have to... So you're saying we have to find a rogue artificial intelligence who doesn't want to help and who ran away uh, to help us open the door. And they, well, how are they going to do that? You know, how are they going to find a program? And that's... that's There's trouble trouble going on at the TVA.
1: <laughs>
0: the other thing is happening at the TVA is they're watching branches get destroyed. But then they find out what's going on. Why are the branches being destroyed? Well, it's because this is why Brad is so jumpy. He doesn't want to be on that branch timeline because he knows it's going to be destroyed. And he knows what's going on. And this Sylvie Breaks uses her powers to enchant Brad and sees what Brad knows which is that they are sending bombs into the different branches to destroy the branches. And that's why the Tempad that Brad had had been changed is that so they could use it to do this. And so Mobius, Loki and Sylvie find the spot that the staging ground for this attack on the timeline is happening. They go to stop it. And we get a fight scene. Oh, I did miss one uh, one of the good lines from Brad. And that's Mobius brings Brad out and says, he has something to tell us about what's going on. And Brad says, yeah, Zaniac is getting a sequel and you're both invited. <laughs> and then, no, everyone's going to die, actually. <laughs> so the fight scene is cool. Again, Loki and Sylvie both are using their powers. Mobius gets a stick. It's great. But still, many branches have died.
1: A lot of people have died. A lot of lives. Yeah. Yeah. Though I wonder, so um, X5 brought Sylvie to that McDonald's timeline?
0: No, no. He found her there. He
1: found her there. Okay.
0: So he was looking for her, found her, because he's good at his job. That's one of the things, is they're like, we can't believe he didn't find her because he's good at his job. Well, he is good at his job. He found her and chose to leave her there. And go and do his own thing and bailed on it then. Okay. He didn't bring her there. She found that spot and and he tra- tra- tracked her there. Okay.
1: Well, I will not say what I was thinking. Because it was incorrect. Okay.
0: Yeah. So, yes, many branches have died, but they do have a hit on Renslayer's temp pad. But Sylvie, <laughs> she's out 5,000. She's not interested in helping a broken, rotten organization that can barely help because Loki convinced or tried to convince her by saying the TVA is the only thing that can defend against this. And then she's like, you call this defending? And he's like, no, it's, it's bad, but we need you. And she says, no, it's too bad. I'm out of here. TVA is broken and rotten. Yeah. Uh, And that's the end of our episode. Yeah. Um, So, even if this episode was just a placeholder, exposition, whatever you might say to make it a six-episode thing instead of a two-hour movie, I enjoyed this so much.
1: Yeah, it felt like it was written with structure and guidance and show (laughs) Bible.
0: Well... I don't know about that. And we'll talk about that in our post credit. There's an article that was posted about how Marvel does their TV shows.
1: And consistency. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we'll, we'll get to it. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Do you have anything from your notes you want us to make sure we, we talk about before we close this down and move to post credit? Yeah,
1: I do. Um, there's a couple of things I noticed. Um I noticed it before, but I keep forgetting to talk about it. On uh, B15 shirt collar, and I'm sure that other hunters have the same uh, icon on the c- shirt collar. It's this. It's a circle that's been divided in half, and and one half has been filled in, and the other half left blank, black white. However, you want to look at it. Um. And a similar symbol is used in Photoshop for the adjustment layers that's the adjustment layers icon oh okay <laughs> i thought that was an interesting little detail um and the other is what exactly is loki's current status with the tva i mean he's not no longer a rogue variant he's working with them his cooperative variant is he an unofficial asset he's not an analyst yet
0: i would call him a consultant A consultant. I mean I don't know what they would call him but it reminds me of you know the kind of relationship and the, the, I was default to consultant because that's what Sherlock Holmes was he was a consultant to the Scotland Yard a, a consultant a consulting detective that so would make sense I go with that, that. non-professional advisor yes
1: okay And that is the last of my notes.
0: Well, I think, I i mean, I really don't have many more notes. We talked about the things that I I really enjoyed. We talked about, you know, some of the problem I might have had. If this was boring, I would have had a lot more problems, (laughs) but it wasn't. So I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm hoping for more of this kind of thing where it's, it's basically mobius and loki time cops.
1: <laughs> so are you saying that this series so far has made you tigger more than eeyore? You're tigger here? Oh,
0: I'm uh, definitely.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, maybe more
0: more poo. More poo. I'm appreciating it okay. as we go along, you okay. know. I'm not like jumping up and down with excitement, but I am enjoying it and I'm generally positive about it. So.
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh yeah. we didn't do a a, a uh, Star Trek reference. Rutherford's there. No. Rutherford is there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we know him in the show as Casey, but we're going to call him Rutherford on the podcast, L- Lieutenant wrote, Oh, no, he's Lieutenant Junior Grade now, isn't he?
0: He is. They all got their promotions. Yeah. Even he did. Yes. So, Yeah, yeah. I I did think it was kind of funny of Obi and Casey.
1: Obi, oh yeah, yeah.
0: And that was actually, that's something we haven't talked about. It's just that little fanboy moment that Casey had when he realizes he's talking to the Ouroboros, who wrote the book that he basically memorized, that he has a copy of, and could you please sign it? And... Yes. And when they, when they meet Ouroboros comes running out, we're all going to die. We're all going to die. Hi, nice to meet you. (laughs) takes time to shake his hands. What we're saying. Yeah, yeah, we're all going to die. So it just,
1: yeah, it's surrealism at its best. Right.
0: (laughs) Great character moments. The characters are not doing anything that would be out of the character as we have seen them and we've experienced them so far. And I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm curious. How does this tie into uh, the Kang dynasty stuff that, that they're talking about with the, these phases of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, especially when Loki seems to be talking about the stakes of what the movies might be trying to get into? And so what does it mean for the TV show? Like, is this TV show just setting up movies? I hope not. I hope not. But. I'm. I mean, he who remains hasn't even been seen as far as whatever variation he might be. We haven't seen him at all. He has just loomed over the whole thing. It's like, well, we've talked about this before, but um, is it Yule Brenner? I can't remember. No, Yul Brenner was one of the good guys. It was, oh, what's his name? From Magnificent Seven. Oh. He played the bad guy. Anyway, he was disappointed because he had such little screen time. He was actually considering not doing the movie. I can picture him. I just can't remember his name. But anyway, he was so disappointed. Was it Gene Hackman? He wasn't. No, no, no. It was not Gene Hackman. He, he was not going to do the movie. And then the director's like, well, you know, you're not in the movie that much, but the whole movie is about you. And every time, even when you're not on the screen, everyone's talking about you. They're talking about your character. And so he was convinced. He was convinced. Well, that's what's happening here. Was it? He who remains. Hold
1: on. Okay. So I have the cast list in front of me. Is it Eli Wallach? No. Yep. That's yeah, the yeah, one. Yeah. Eli Wallach. Oh. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you go back and watch that movie. It's
1: been a long time since I've seen it.
0: So, okay. Well, I think we should wrap this one up then okay. and talk a little bit in our post credit about some more strike stuff. Okay. And and also Daredevil News. Yes.
1: And so I would, I've would i already thanked our Patreon patrons. Thank you all so much again. I, if, if I could, I'd hug you all. Um, and thank you, everyone, for listening.
0: Yeah. And I just want to say I'm very excited because very, very soon we're going to – and we're going to cover this. Uh, we're going to cover this. But very, very soon we've got Werewolf by Night. Is, is coming back in color.
1: <laughs>
0: in color. It's. I know some people say, ah, color movies, it's just a gimmick. <laughs> it's just a gimmick. It'll never catch on. But it is happening. It's happening. And I know some people might say, hey, 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 Werewolf by Night, that's got the monster in it, doesn't it? That's got man thing monster, swamp monster in it. That's a scary movie thing. And I'm just here to say, it's not scary. It's elevated Thriller, all right? It's cinema. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level Seven. You've heard from us. Now we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us voicemail by calling one seven seven five five level seven. That's one seven seven five 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 three eight three five seven or send us an email to feedback at welcome to level seven.com. Just don't forget the seven is spelled out. You can also go to welcome to level seven.com slash feedback and leave us a message there or join us on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash welcome to level seven. The seven is spelled out. And don't forget if you'd like to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash welcome to level seven. The seven is spelled out and become a Patreon supporter there. Once again, thanks so much for listening, and Godspeed. So, Samantha. Yes. You got an article for us?
1: Yes. It was posted in the Hollywood Reporter. It's titled, Daredevil Hits Reset Button as Marvel Overhauls Its TV Business. (laughs) And not only do they talk about Daredevil, they also talk about Secret Invasion and
0: She-Hulk. So the writer's strike had everyone hit pause on whatever they were doing. And in hitting pause, it gave them time to pause and think and take a look at what was coming. And apparently the powers that be were looking at the half season of Daredevil that had already been produced and they weren't impressed and they weren't happy. And they fired a lot of the creative team behind that show to reboot and rehaul what they were doing (laughs) mid-season. Which is not very... uh, What's the word I'm looking for? You
1: should just bring back Drew Goddard, who was the showrunner for the Netflix (laughs) series. But I know he's busy elsewhere.
0: You you have the article in front of you? Yeah. But the article goes out into detail about how the powers that be decided, hey, maybe we should look at our television shows and treat them like, I don't know.
1: Television shows? Television
0: shows. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, it sounds like that they were uh, trying for a different business model on how they ran the shows, which was to have different people work on the different episodes and then fix everything in uh, reshoots and and in post-production.
0: Well, they were treating it like a movie production. And that, that was something that came up in interviews all the time. This isn't a six-hour, or this isn't a six-episode series. It's a six-hour movie. Which bit them. With with Secret Invasion especially, it bit them in the butt. Mm-hmm. And even with Ms. Marvel, like they did some good episodic structure with it. But you almost felt like each episode was kind of its own little... Thing And the people involved in the episodes weren't necessarily communicating with each other. And that was primarily Secret Invasion. But some of these other shows felt that way a little bit as well. It worked with WandaVision. But WandaVision was episodic by nature. Because it was a riff on television. And then you get Hawkeye. And that is a six hour movie. and and feels it, but at least it's enjoyable and it's fun Mm -hmm. and it's Christmas and maybe we'll watch it again this Christmas. I don't know, but uh, Falcon and winter soldier, the same, like all these things feel like they are six hour movies, but they're being released one hour a week. And you need to have a little bit of a different structure when you're going to do it that way. And honestly, in some ways I don't understand why streaming doesn't just, if you're going to make a six-hour movie, release it as a six-hour movie and, and put intermissions or something. I don't know. But but anyway.
1: Well, this is what they've talked about in the article. But at the same time, I'm thinking, okay, what's going on with the negotiations in the writers and actors' strike or what has gone on? And I'm wondering if they were also involving a lot more AI not just in the opening credits of Secret Invasion but also in writing the scripts.
0: I'm going to say probably not just because I don't think the technology was there when they were writing it.
1: It's been within the past year. I mean, they filmed the series what this past spring, I believe.
0: Secret Invasion?
1: I believe so. I feel
0: like that was I feel like that was a little bit older.
1: A little bit older. Cuz there
0: was some yeah, I I think that there was some stuff going on there with secret invasion where they held off on releasing it, but I think it was. I, I yeah. I, when they did the AI credits, we talked a little bit about this with, with, with the, sh- when we were talking about the show, I don't think when they created the AI credits, they realized people are going to be bristling against this because it's AI. They thought it was cool. New technology that they can use. And then they had to get out in front of it and say, well, when we did this, <laughs> I, I, I just feel like they're looking at it and saying, "Well, when we did this, nobody cared. Everyone thought it was just cool tech, and now that we do it and we finally release it, everyone is losing their mind." It's they they were they were in the Heath Ledger meme. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: It's just. I mean, maybe you're right that if they had. If it had been two or three years ago, it would have been considered cool, but on the other hand, they took work away from creative people.
0: Um, I don't I, I want to push back a little bit against that because they the way they explained it was they brought animators in and they worked together. I not all IA is taking work away from people. It's the same as if you took a painting that someone had already painted and slightly animated it. Are you taking work away from an animator who could have animated something original? Yeah, sure, I guess. But that's not the thats not the vibe you were going for. And I feel like the AI for the secret invasion stuff, because the first time I saw it, I didn't realize it was AI. But I felt like it just fit the tone of what they were trying to do perfectly. Until I realized the tone of what they were trying to do was a six-hour movie that was kind of boring and at the end.
1: Well, my problem was that it the opening didn't quite hit all the themes that were being brought up in the series. And it just felt kind of soulless. I mean, I did like that it felt weird because or something wasn't quite right. But at the same time, there should have been a little bit of soul in it. And it's just...
0: But that perfectly goes along with the series itself, doesn't it? it with was what? With sold. the
1: final product? Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I.
1: It was missing a lot of heart. I mean that that whole show was. I, missing I a kid.
0: Lot... I, I kid because I love. I yeah. kid because I love. But...
1: I mean, there were scenes that were really great and full of heart and were well written and well acted. But there were a lot of scenes that were. They needed to work on it more, and they should have worked on it before. It was filmed.
0: So for Daredevil, they're trying to fix the problem by going back to creating a writer's room. Uh, and that's a
1: good idea. And I believe they, it, which, they talked about that there was no show Bible.
0: Yeah. And, and we talked about this, though. Oh, we Christ talked God. about this, that's how a, mm. the episodes felt disconnected. Espe- again, especially Secret Invasion. It felt like the episodes were being written in isolation from each other. And so you have some repetition, you have some parts that don't quite click together between one episode and the next. And the way that gets fixed is by having a strong showrunner who is leading the writer's room well.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Well, apparently that's what they're going to try and do with Daredevil the second half of the season. I don't know if it means that they're going to go back to square one or if it means they're going to try and clean up what they have and do reshoots. and and then move into things with the, the second half of the season. But the creative team, they are out of there.
1: Well, the impression I got was that the what they have shot so far has been completely scrapped. Am I wrong? It's It's been a few days since I've read the article, but that's what yeah, I, got. I I don't know
0: if you're wrong. That's why I said I don't know. Let me, th- let me just skim
1: is. over this article. But that's what I got when I read the article, is that the what they have filmed so far for Dar- Daredevil Born Again has been completely scrapped. They're going to start over. Wipe the slate clean, start over.
0: Yeah, it's whatever it is, it's rough and it's unfortunate. And I've been on the receiving end of uh, creative projects where it's just been scrapped. And it's a blow. It's a rough blow uh, for whatever reason it might be. Now, in my case, it was stuff that didn't get published because the earlier issues weren't being sold or weren't, weren't selling well, you know, but whatever it's rough and I feel bad for them. I, I just, the other thing is they were brought into a system and they were doing things the way the system was set up and they were just doing what they were supposed to do. And that's another thing that's rough is when you're doing a job, you think you're doing it right. You think you're doing it well because you're doing exactly what you were told to do. And then the boss comes and says, not good enough. You're out of here. And it's not good enough because the way we told you to do it isn't good enough. <laughs> and so you're fired. Oh, how how fair is that? I, it's, it's not. It's
1: not. It's not really, I mean, what they should have done is like, okay, let's throw out these episodes, what we've shot so far and just start all over with the same team. Cause I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be shocked if they did actually have some good writers, but uh, I just, I don't think that was fair to the, what the team that they had. I mean, they really should have said, okay, we're, we're not going to scrap you. We're just going to scrap the structure that we were working with and, and go back to way things used to be. That would have been better but that was cruel for them to just fire the writers.
0: Unless the writing wasn't good. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the other thing is, you know, there's a a feeling of it's, it's not fair because they were doing what they were told to do, but if they were doing what they were told to do, but not doing it well, then that's a whole nother thing. And, and it is, uh, it's hard, Samantha, if you're starting over from scratch, it's hard to have the same people there and just tell them, do it, do what you were doing but do it different. You know, so it's not a good situation for anyone. Obviously, the studio looks bad because studios always look bad whenever anything like this happens. But it's it's hard for the people who they do it to. It's hard for you know, the people who are hearing the news and were, you know, excited for something like, you know, Daredevil. So, now we just have to wait and see.
1: Yeah. But I I really think that they should bring back some of the writers from the Netflix series.
0: Well, that was the smart thing to do. I know. In the first place. But, you
1: know, the studios aren't going to listen to us because we're just two lowly independent. Well, three including uh, and four, including. um, I mean, there's a lot of us, right? Yeah. Yeah, But, But, I mean, they're not going to listen to lowly podcast people. So, I mean, they really should have. Just try to recreate the magic they originally had with the Netflix series. But then again, I'm also wondering what was in those contracts. Did they forbid them from coming back? I don't know. That's a possibility. But
0: uh, someday there's going to be a tell-all book that I might not read.
1: <laughs> I may read it because <laughs> um, I, I wish I could love, give you my love, love the the Netflix Daredevil series. I love it. It's, it's rough to get through some episodes, but it is a great series.
0: Um, I think that's it. I think we're done with this episode and Samantha, thanks for another good one.
1: You are welcome. Thank you.
0: It was fun, made funner, of course, or made more fun. I should say, um, if I'm going to speak correctly, but made more fun by the fact that the episode was fun to watch, yes. fun to talk about, and We'll see what happens with episode 3 very very soon. We will also see what happens with Welcome to Level 7 episode 408. Um yeah. Now it's just it's, there's a gap in our numbering. Yes. on the on the main feed. Not for Patreon. Patreon doesn't get the gap. It's just the main feed, so. We'll figure something out. I don't know how to fill that gap in but also have it come to your podcast catcher so you know that it's there. If it's an earlier episode that hadn't been really, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure something out.
1: Or you can become a patron patron and go ahead and listen to episode 408.
0: That's true. That's true. We should, it's just, maybe we just leave it Patreon exclusive. I don't want to do that though. No, don't do that. Daniel. I don't want to hide Daniel behind a paywall.
1: Yeah. Don't do that. Just. We'll,
0: f- we'll figure okay, out something. All right. we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure. Out. Samantha, thanks again. Everyone else, thank you for listening. And until next time, Godspeed.